It's time for some cheap talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. And with that familiar music, you know you are listening to your Cheap Trick podcast, Cheap Talk. Today we are joined by the wonderful Michael Butler. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hi, Ken. Thank you for having me on. It's a little early, but I'm honored to be here. And, of course, we have one of our reluctant hosts, BJ Cramp. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hello. Hello there. And I am Ken Mills. You're stuck with me for a while. Today we are doing a roundtable on Cheap Tricks album from 2003, Special One. I think this is one of those ones that's kind of mixed amongst the Cheap Trick fan community. Would you agree, Michael? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, in my opinion, the the only um, well, actually, when I heard this first heard this album, I didn't really like it that much. But it's come to grow on me to be one of my actual favorite Cheap Trick albums. But I think the thing that makes this album the weak, if there's anything weak to say about the album, the lyric, uh, the lyrical content is not the best in the world, but. Uh, I think it's an underrated album. Mm-hmm. BJ, your overall thoughts? Well, I've been trying to decide. I think I could maybe say this is my least favorite Cheap Trick album. Huh. Which isn't necessarily. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily wow. a horrible thing. I still like it. I like all their albums. You know, I mean, of course, there's a competition with The Doctor and Busted. Those are probably the three that kind of hover around the bottom, but. Huh. I think, well, definitely my favorite songs from The Doctor and Busted, I like a lot more than my favorites from Special One. But then, you know, there's also some really bad stuff on those records, too. So it's hard for me to really say for sure, but this is definitely one of my least favorites. Wow. What about you, Ken? Well, if the worst thing you can ever say about a Cheap Trick album is that it's a Cheap Trick album, then that's still good company. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> again, I would say, like we last time I was on, I, I the the comparison I made, I said if this was a new Cheap Trick album, what would you think of of the new Cheap Trick album? And I think if it was a, this was a new Cheap Trick album, I'd be quite pleased. It to me, it's one of those off balanced albums where, like with the Doctor and Busted, you know, I, I kind of look at these as similar albums in the sense that the highs are really great and the lows are not. Yeah, I'm curious to see which one of you guys think the lows are. <clears throat> well, I have a feeling that everybody's lowest is going to be my favorite uh-oh. for some reason. <laughs> well, let's find out. Um, this album was released in 2003 to mixed reviews and features the single Scent of a Woman. It charted uh-huh. for one week, reaching 128 on the album charts. So let's start with that single, Scent of a Woman. Well, I'm thoughts on scent of a woman i absolutely love this tune there's an aol sessions uh that they recorded i think around this time and they did it live and it sounds great Uh, i love this tune it's very catchy it's got a great guitar tone i love the um you know the the single 
track guitar, the ring at the very beginning, and I think Robin's um, vocals are great, and it's a super catchy tune. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned off-air that you wanted us to give a number system to each oh, yeah. track. So well, what would you on, give on the- my show, the Rock and Roll Geek show, when I do a track-by-track track of an album, I give it the Rock and Roll Geek scoring system. So if I... So I'll pick each song, and if I like that song, I give it a plus one. If I give it, if I say eh, it's okay, I give it a half. And if I don't like it, I give it a zero. And then I tally them all up. So, for instance, there are eleven songs on Special One. If I think they're all just okay, it would be what a five and a half out of eleven, something like that. Get it? And if I like them all, it's eleven out of eleven. It's a pretty unscientific scoring system, but it ends up being a pretty scientific unscientific scoring system, if that makes sense. Well, Professor, could you tell us what your score <laughs> for seven I give this is? one a big plus one. A big plus one. Ken Mills. <laughs> well, it was written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Bunny Carlos. So that's a nice... Uh, you, you don't often see that combination. To me, this song falls down lyrically. I, I really dislike the chorus. Huh. With the repetitious, a man ain't a man is a I love it. Now, now, why do you love it? Please. Well, okay. When my daughter was 2003, she was about 13, I guess, when this album came out, mm-hmm. and I played this for her. I think I probably played it to her for her when she was about 14 in the car, and she was immediately singing along to this tune. Mm-hmm. And when a 14-year-old girl can sing along immediately to "Sin of a Woman," uh, it can't be a bad tune, in my opinion makes sense i think it's extremely catchy total hook well i'm going to give it a and only one more thing okay at the end yeah 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 that's anthemic how can you not like that that's actually to me the best part of the song i agree but i think the song i think i think it's one of the better cheap trick songs of all the cheap trick songs in my opinion really yep wow it's not my favorite song on the album, though. It's probably my third favorite song on the album. Hmm. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> so me, what do you give it, Ken? Well, I'm I am i am going to say now the second rating on your scale that one was half a half or so a zero I, one a half or a zero. Okay, I'm I'm going to give this a half. It's okay. kind of meh. Huh. It, right. The 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 high points of it do not raise it above as a matter of fact I'd almost put this at B-level material and I hate to say that about an opening (laughs) single off of a Cheap Trick album because I love this band so much but the lyrics just they just don't work for me BJ your thoughts on Scent of a Woman well I, I saw Cheap Trick they played two nights in a row in February of 2003 at Emo's in Austin. I was living in Austin then. So that's what, uh, five months before the record came out? Mm-hmm. They did most of the album. I specifically remember them doing this song and Too Much and Words. I think my feelings are more similar to yours, Ken. I'm kind of torn. I think it's a great song as a song with a great melody, and Robin is amazing on the song. But I find the lyrics kind of awkward and distracting. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, but... I think I would like the song more with different lyrics. They're just kind of distracting and obtrusive for some reason. Huh. You can't you can't ignore the lyrics. They just kind of stick out at you mm-hmm. or something like that. And then it, and it kind of takes away from the song from you and it's it's kind of hard to explain, but 
I do think I would like it more with different lyrics, but it is clearly a great song, and Robin, like I said, he crushes it Absolutely. on the song. Now, woman, the silver woman, a man don't add up to much next to a woman, a man can't ever forget the taste of a woman. See? 
Yeah, I and think I, that... it seems like the title "Scent of a Woman" was just shoehorned in. <laughs> like they didn't have a name, and then they just you know came up with the name, and then he just yeah. decided to yell it at the end of the chorus. I would put money on it that the original version of this song wasn't called Scent of a Woman and he didn't say a Scent of a Woman there, but they just kind of shoehorned it. That's the way it feels to me. I'm um, thinking that the lyrics on this whole album were probably done at the last minute and then they didn't really have that, that many lyrics for the album. And they kind yes, of I think you're right. Yeah. I also well, that being said, I still think it's a catchy as heck tune. Right. It definitely is. It definitely sticks in your head for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. That's that's one thing that we can all agree on. I believe it's a definite earwig in that sense. So but, you give it a plus one or a half, BJ? Or I'll give zero. it a plus one. Okay, he likes it. Yeah. But to me, if this was done by Leonard Skinner or I don't know, pick pick <laughs> if any. If it was done band, by Leonard Skinner, I'd say Leonard Skinner, right on, man. You guys are going <laughs> in a good direction. It would be the best song they ever released. <laughs> yeah, but I I I still wouldn't dig it based on the lyrical content. I wonder who wrote most of the lyrics on this album. I'm I'm. I'm going to say it might be Robin Zander. I would probably agree with you. <clears throat> I don't think Robin is the greatest lyricist, but that, that again, I, what do I know? I, I don't really know, but um, yeah, I would probably agree with you. Maybe Bunny wrote the lyrics on this whole album. But yet, yeah, it doesn't feel like a lot of thought or effort went into the lyrics. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you notice he has uh, songwriting credits on just about every song on the album. Which is kind of rare to have that many yeah. credits so I'm all I'm wondering if Robin Zander's really flexing his lyrical muscle on this album <laughs> uh oh <laughs> <laughs> well let's move on to track two and this song is called Too Much I couldn't be you my friend you've taken a Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, and Tom Peterson. Now I'll take lead on this one because this is definitely a plus one for me. This song to me could have come off their 1997 self-titled LP. It's that strong to me. I think that that is one of their best albums, period. And I feel that this song it kind of has that Lennon-esque kind of uh, way of dealing with things. It's it's definitely a very strong song, so make me plus one on that, Michael. All right. Duly noted, Ken Mills. Michael, what are your thoughts? I actually love this song, too. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan about when they when Cheap Trick goes into the like, Beatlesque stuff, unlike most Cheap Trick fans. But that being said, <clears throat> I really, really, really like this song. Robin Zander, his voice... This is kind of like um, on on Countryside Boulevard when they redo the um, the Cheap Trick song. Uh, which one is it? Uh, Love Love Comes mm-hmm. yeah. it reminds yes. me of that. I, this is my favorite kind of Robin Zander vocals. That it's kind of like uh, the vocal that's going to get in the girl's pants. <laughs> that style. <laughs> and it seems to work. So 
Uh, Does it? Well, there's he's got a lot of uh, <laughs> ladies on Facebook that are just crazy about the guy. So uh, they like they like bad uh, bad clothing style, I guess. And but bad hats. They like so. bad hats. <laughs> but yeah, I love this tune. It's probably my second favorite song of the album. I, I think that Robin's performance is just absolutely outstanding. Don't wanna see you again. You're taking a little too much Maybe it's my fault Okay You're taking away too much Swimming in sorrow All day We're faking it doesn't do much Maybe you've fallen From grace It's taking a little too much Maybe it's my fault Oh 
okay You're taking away too much I couldn't be you, my friend No, none of your riches mean much I couldn't stand to pretend You're making a lie of our love said this this could have been fit right on 1997 as far as the strength of the lyrics the performance and the music bj I agree. What, are, what are your thoughts and your rating sir really good song i think it could have been amazing but it doesn't quite seem fully realized especially the verse like the, the lyrics on the verse almost seems like he could have just been making them up as he was singing it there's really hardly any lyrics there. I think the the melody on the verse could have been tighter with more thought put into it, maybe. But the 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 hook on the chorus, the chorus is just soaring. It's really great. Uh, it's a great song. I think it could have been better though. It's mm-hmm. probably my favorite song on the album, uh, and yet <clears throat> I'm still unsure about the song. So that tells you something about how I feel about the album as a whole. But uh, yeah, it's great. But you know, plus one. <laughs> okay. But so, yeah, none of the, neither one of these first two songs are <clears throat> are like a huge plus one. <laughs> but see, more like a uh, yeah, I guess it's a plus one. Type I just thing. totally disagree with you guys. I think the yeah. first for the first two songs on an album, these are I think they're extremely strong tunes. <clears throat> Not lyrically, but I can get past the lyrics. If it's got a great melody, I can get right. past uh, mediocre lyrics. Well, I'm definitely. But, but I think the lyrics kind of hurt the melody on too much just like the lack of hmm. I, I, the, dis- the I disagree on these the two words tunes. don't like construct the melody there really. are some songs on this album that I totally agree but I don't agree on these two songs so we all are agreed it's a plus one we all we all dig this track yeah very good our next song is special one written by Robin Zander Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, and Bunny Carlos. It's a rare all members on, you know, hands on deck kind of thing. This song would have worked really well on a lot of their albums, but 
maybe later in the album, if you will, as far as the sequencing of the tracks. Michael Butler, your thoughts on Special One? Uh, well, I said before that my favorite Robin's style of singing is when he's like doing the love songs, but I, I also, my other favorite is when he's screaming at the top of his lungs, angry, and that's why I like this song. I think Robin's vocals, again, lyrically, I don't know because I don't, um, but but vocally, I think Robin, his vocals uh, make this song what it is, which which makes me like the song a lot. If that um, makes any sense. What is your rating? I'll give it a plus one. Very good. I'm verging on a half, but I'm leaning towards a plus one. So being the Cheap Trick fan that I am, I give it a plus one. Mm-hmm. BJ, your thoughts on the track special one and your rating? I guess the song has its moments, but my final verdict is it's boring huh. and plotting. <laughs> wow. And uh, I would give it a zero. Wow. <laughs> I am so surprised, man. I thought you guys really liked this album. I am way surprised. Because <laughs> this is one of my favorite Cheap Trick albums. Well, I, I love the uh, arrangement of the song, and I love the uh, Japanese influence, if you will. I, I think it's it's very cool. I give this one a plus one. There you go. I ran into uh, Rick rick nielsen at Macworld several years ago about uh probably about two years after this album came out uh-huh. and i was like so nervous but the first thing that came out of my mouth was hey i really like special one and he goes uh, like you know i was like to- total fanboy and he was with his manager and he, what was his manager's name david or something like that he goes hey did you hear that he likes special one like he was like trying to convince his manager that see somebody likes that album <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm the, I'm a Cheap Trick fan who I don't really like Heaven Tonight and Need Your Love and those kind of songs, See, especially in concert. Yeah. Uh, so this is just not the kind of Cheap Trick song I really get into. Yeah. It, like I said, the, the the best word for me is plotting is how the, I feel about this song. <clears throat> is there one of those kind of songs on the self-titled 97 album? <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, not Deep really. Boat? Let you let a lot of people down. That's probably the closest. Yeah, to... <clears throat> yeah but I don't know. There, there's more of a melody, and those are kind of angry. <clears throat> yeah, the this angry is an angry Robin. Yeah. Yes, I like angry Robin. Yeah. I think we all do. <laughs> you know, there's a. I was speaking to uh, my stepson last night, and he said that uh, Cheap Trick seems to be this happy band or this crazy psychotic dark band. And I said, That's why they're so good? Yeah, and I looked at him and I said, "That's my cheap trick," you know, just for just for that reason. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's that's my favorite because, like, yes, I like the flame, love it for what it is, but you know, 1997's album, uh, you know, the first album, stuff like that. That's really where I'm at. But, well, yeah, it's uh, like we've talked about. You know, I just saw them last month at the county fair and. You know, ninety percent of the people are there to hear "I Want You to Want Me," but the right. show ends with Robin Zander screaming "Suicide" at the top of his lungs. Yeah, it's great. And so that's the dichotomy, <laughs> and it works so well. But then, you know, a lot of people there don't get it, but that's fine, because those of us that do get it, that's why we love them so much. So, agreed. 
So our scores on that one, how did we rate the track, Michael? Uh, I gave it a plus one. Ken Mills, you gave it a plus one. And BJ gave it a zero. Bum, 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 bum. Maybe like a one-fifth. <laughs> uh, Got to round it down. Yeah. Say. <laughs> BJ, this is not Hustler's rating score. So anyway, our next track off of Special One is Pop Drone. your thoughts and your rating on pop drone well there's a lot more drone than pop <laughs> in this Ouch. song uh i i would describe this as plotting as well so there's two plotting songs in a row here which isn't working for me uh, there's definitely a lot of that cheap trick personality in this song that it's hard not to love but in in the end it's just too slow and um yeah and it's similar to special one to me so it's just kind of one long, boring song right here. <laughs> this is the way I, I take it. I don't know. So they should have separated these two tracks for you. Yeah, putting them, yeah, putting them right next to each other probably wasn't the best sequencing. Hmm. Interesting. Michael Butler, your thoughts and your score. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I agree. It's a little bit of a plotter, uh, but... Rick does a great ripping solo in this song, and something about it that I kind of like. So I'm going to give it a half. Not great. It doesn't suck. But it's all right. Oh, yeah, if you couldn't tell, I'd give it a zero. <laughs> yeah, 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 I figured that. I'm going to give it a half. I'm going to give it a half as well. Uh, like BJ says, the the one following the other it, it does have some sort of an effect it's kind of like if they played two heaven tonights right after one another like a, a song similar to heaven tonight right after heaven tonight it would be like well didn't we just hear this song now have you guys listened to this album many multiple times or did you when you gathered your opinion because this is an album to me when i first heard the album i didn't like it uh-huh but now, after listening to it and listening to it, I, you know, I go back and forth between which is a better album, this or the uh, self-titled 97, which self-titled 97 I, is probably, a, is definitely a better album. But I, this album grew on me, so I guess, so that's my question is, did you listen to it a lot? Did it grow on you at all, or? No, it never grew on me. Um, <clears throat> all right. And, I mean, to me, the two albums that came after it are a billion times better. Huh. All right, so, I, got, I was going to ask you guys what your opinion. At the end, I would like to find out everybody's um, opinion of the most recent four albums. And those like from being... from uh, from Cheap Trick '97 all the way through the latest. How you yeah, we rate could those. rank them. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's it, it, it's kind of sad that those are the last four recent albums when you think about it. I mean, this band was chucking them out at the beginning of their career. Yeah, that's almost is, 20 years yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much every classic band that has survived. You know, if you look at their output in their early days, you look at their output now. I mean, 
you have you can look at the Beatles for example they were putting those things out almost monthly it seemed like <laughs> and now Paul McCartney's albums are completely uh, you know there's a strategy to them and, and they make sure that they get as much as they can out of them and then I don't the think there's a strategy to, strategy to cheap trick uh, putting taking so much time between albums I think uh, I hate to say it, but I think Rick probably gets a little bit of writer's block. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know, as many great songs as he's written, you know, anyone is entitled to some clunkers or even the, uh, you know, in, in, entitled to not be able to produce as much as you used to. I mean, just the amazing amount of material that he went through early on is just, it's just incredible. So, Michael, what are our scores on Pop Drone? Okay, BJ gave it a zero, and you and I both gave it a half, Ken. Okay. Our next song is My Obsession. Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, and Jay Raymond. Raymond. That's Julian Raymond, the yeah. guy who produced the latest, I think. Ah, very good. I don't know if he produced the latest, but he's, he's been working with Cheap Trick for a while. I think he's doing <clears> their <throat> new album, too. Very good. Let's see. It says, uh, Raymond had previously co-written with the band on the 1994 yeah. album Tell Me Everything, and later on the Rockford tracks, If It Takes a Lifetime, All Those Years as well as eight tracks on the band's 2009 album, The Latest. So very good. Yeah, he's also the one that is actually pushing Cheap Trick to continue putting out studio albums. Well, Julian Raymond has now just become one of my favorite people on the planet. <coughs> so this was the second of the three singles, the first one being Scent of a Woman, the second one being My Obsession, and the third one being Too Much. There was no music video created for this single, although the song became part of the band's live set before and after the album's release. On August 21, 2003, the band performed a set of songs for the sessions at AOL. The band performed various songs, which, with, with at least six songs from the special one album, including My Obsession. On April 5, 2005, a five-track extended play sessions at AOL was released by the band, although the song was not included. So. Michael Butler, your thoughts on the track My Obsession and your rating, please. I do not like the title My Obsession. I think that's kind of a cheesy um, I think it's kind of a cop-out lyric. My Obsession. I'm obsessed with you, whatever. That being said, I love the tune. It's super catchy and it's one of my favorite songs on the album. 
and your vote? I give it a plus one, big plus one. I know I'm going to be in the minority, but I give it a plus one. Okay. All right. I, I kind of dig the track. It is uh, the Beatles who, like, uh, song construction is pretty cool. And I like that it features the different sides of Robin Zander, if you will. And uh, I'm going to give this one a plus one. Oh, I'm surprised. Go ahead, BJ. Rip it a new one. No, I don't mind this song. I had this song for years before the album came out. They demoed it in, I think, 96. I remember when I got the the bootleg that had it. I know it was in probably like 99. So I had it for a long time. And I probably like the demo more. Um, what they, makes the demo better? They kind of changed the arrangement a little bit, especially on the chorus. The way they the way the guitar riff comes in or it was more of just kind of it flowed maybe better on the demo. I th- so I think it was more the production that changed probably than anything. You know, it's a decent power pop song. I don't think it's a great song. The the hook doesn't quite happen on the chorus for me, but it's not yeah. bad. I would give it a plus 1. Okay. What makes the song catchy to me is actually the the verse. Yeah. Yeah, the verse is better than the chorus. That's, yeah, that's I agree. Yeah. All right, so we all give it a plus one. I'm surprised on that one. Very good. Well, our next track, track six on the album special one, is Words, written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Tom Peterson. All I see is you, not words can never say. Lyrically, not the greatest of all the Cheap Trick songs, but I like it. It's catchy. It's nice and mellow, uh, catchy tune. Could be a little shorter for me. It's a 53 seconds, a little long for, uh, or whatever, however long it is, four minutes and whatever, almost five minutes. Could be a little shorter, but I like the tune. It's not. It's a great tune, no, but I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a plus one. Why not? Mm-hmm. BJ, your thoughts and your rating, sir. I like this song. This is an example. It's a slow song, but it, I wouldn't call it plotting the way I would, you know, special yeah. one in pop drone art. It has a much better melody than those, yeah. but this is another one like too much where it seems like he's almost just making the words up as he yes. sings them, or maybe he scribbled them in a notebook right standing there at the microphone. I mean, there's not a lot. And so, you know, the melody of the song really revolves around the lyrics. So when you don't put enough thought into the lyrics, then the melody's gonna be lacking, I would think. A lot of the, you know, I think that's what happens with some of these, with too much in this song, they could be better, but I do like it. I would give it a plus one, but like too much, it just doesn't quite seem finished, or it could have just been tightened up. Like, it, this, what we're hearing is a step along the writing process, but there could have been more steps, you know what I mean? Right. Great vocal by Rob. I lost That's one my... thing you can always count on. 
is that yeah. you're going to get a it's great true. vocal. Yeah, it's true. When I heard this song for the first time, it made me think of something off of John Lennon's Double Fantasy. It, even the production and the, uh, yeah, the instrumentation. Because it almost sounds like a way John would have started off a song on that album. And I would probably say that was probably a conscious... Um, just, uh, you know, they they did that on purpose. Uh-huh. So it's I'm, got this is one of those Robin Panty Creamer tunes, you know, that's, that gets the girls going. If I was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, Michael! It wet your panties. You know that. You, we can say that. We're all men here. Yeah, if I wore panties, it would get them creaming. There We've all go. had a man crush on Robin's hands. Oh, of course. <laughs> come on, of course. <laughs> Well, our next track is track number seven, Sorry Boy. Tom Peterson, Bunny Carlos, and Steve Albini. Ooh, strike one, Steve Albini. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how you're going to react to that because you're not a big fan. Probably jammed. They were probably, in my opinion, I think, was, was did this album come out around the time of the uh, Steve Albini uh, in color? No, I think that, well, I mean, no, they I'm, must have Yeah, wasn't that, that around 98? Like, yeah. you know, he produced their sub-pop single, the Baby Talk single. Yeah, what year was that? And that was... Let me find out. Like, 96. Okay. 96. Maybe they're good friends with him. I don't know. But my guess is when they were doing a session with Steve Albini, they were jamming Led Zeppelin, and they thought it sounded good, and so they just kept it. Doesn't it sound like... Um, the Levy Breaks... Yes, it does. Yeah, this is one that definitely reminds me of the 1997 album. Yeah, this one definitely reminds me of the 97 album. Isn't that the exact riff of when the levee breaks? It, Pretty close. it really does sound like it. That would this would have been the worst song on the '97 album by far. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a Zeppelin fan either, believe it or not. By the way, the Baby Talk thing was done in 1997. So. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like this came out of a jam session. Not one of my favorites. Although I like I like Robin when he says "Sorry, boy." Yeah, it's one of the best moments of the song. Uh, what are you, what is your rating on this one? Oh, but what did you give, Ken? What did you give um, 
a pot or my wait a minute which one was for them my words uh, what, what did you give words words oh yeah i'm gonna give that one a uh, plus one for the okay. double fantasy right okay yeah that's so, a plus one for me too right. is, yeah. sorry boy i give i'm gonna give it a half now, why? Out of all the songs, this is your first half on. Well, I gave I gave uh, Pop Drone a half as oh, well, okay. but I w- I'm verging on a zero, believe it or not. But you know, it's it's just, it's it's not a great. T- I'm not a fan of them of the jam when they jam Peter Gunn and that turned into whatever song that turned into, mm-hmm. and uh, they probably Brontosaurus turned into Cal or whatever. Just it just sounds like the results of a jam session. I don't think it's that strong of a tune. Hmm. BJ Cramp, your thoughts and your ratings, sir. Well, I will say at least they apologize right away in the <laughs> yeah, title. Yeah, uh, nice one, BJ. Good, good move. Uh, <laughs> play. Oh uh, yeah, I do not like this song at all. It's a definite zero for me. Completely boring, and you know, Steve Albini, fuck that guy. So exactly. <laughs> yeah, not I, no zero. Hold on a second, man. I got a cough because you I choked my coffee up on that one. <coughs> you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Ken Mills was found dead with a microphone on his head and <laughs> coffee all over his chest, choked to death over BJ Cramp's pun. <laughs> uh, good one. Um, yeah, so so what was your score on this one? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Okay. Wow, that's kind of harsh, brother. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to give this one a plus one. Wow. Why do you like this one so much? Well, because it does have that 97 vibe to it. Okay. It's not so much that it's... minus the melody or the hook. Yeah, minus the the catchy tunes. Well, it's almost like if they had a... uh, Like, you know, you used to buy a 45 and there'd be a B-side of a track that wasn't really worthy of the album. This song is not worthy of being on the album 1997, but it really sounds like it's from that. All right, gives it a plus one. Our next track is Best Friend. Robin Zander and Tom Peterson. Michael Butler, your thoughts on Cheap Tricks, Best Friend, and please give us your rating. <laughs> one of the more, one, another one of the angry Robin tunes. Lyrically, it sucks ass, <laughs> but vocally and something about it that I kind of like, so I'm going to give it a half. <clears throat> wow. And, you okay. know, I'm going I'm to change that. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at a half. A high half. A high half. <laughs> BJ, your thoughts and your rating on Cheap Trick's Best Friend. 
Uh, to me, this song is plotting, my favorite word. Uh, just completely repetitive, doesn't go anywhere. It's just the same thing over and over for, um, you know, over okay. four minutes. Um, so I give it a zero. I know people like this song, and I remember hearing this song on the radio back then. It wasn't a single, right? But they, play, they were playing this on the radio. If BJ, if they played this song live now, would you go to the bathroom or would you be glad they played it? I would probably just have a disgusted look on my face. Huh. <laughs> all right. I'd be excited if they played this. Movie. No, I would not be excited at all. It's just a big bore to me. That It's just oh. the same thing over and over. There's no yeah. okay. hook. There's nothing to this song for me. It's just uh, can't it's wait the exact kind the... of song I don't like because it's just repetitive. I can't wait to hear your opinion of 10 and 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you give it a zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Ken? Well, I'm sorry, but zero... For me, wow. Okay, look at that. Lyrically, this does not work. Yeah, I agree. The lyrics suck on it, but I kind of like his vocals. Oh well, okay. I guess I need to make a disclaimer then. There's nothing wrong with the band's performance, and there's nothing wrong with Robin's singing. But if it's not a catchy tune, you still give it a zero. Yeah, the the problem is the material. Like I said, you know, like for example, if you're doing a Kiss podcast, there are some Kiss fans that'll give every song a raving ten. If you're doing a Beatles podcast, they'll give every song a raving. They're ten. idiots. But if so, I I can't do the same thing for Cheap Trick. I, I cannot give every song. Because you're a such raving a big 10. fan. Well, because I am true a fan. A true fan, a true Cheap Trick fan, can be critical. They right. should be. Absolutely. <laughs> some of these Kiss guys are. Yeah. I agree. It's it's kind of sad because you're taking it's almost it becomes like a religious fervor kind of thing where you are taking I love how these Kiss guys when they hear uh like when the new album Monster or whatever what Sonic Boom wow best album they ever made and then two months later they really never talk about it. All the <laughs> I want to get off on a Kiss tangent. Although I love Kiss and I like those last two albums believe it or not, but uh. Yeah, I I do too. And I think that there's a lot of strong material in there. But this is not the podcast. Like Psycho Circus. When Psycho Circus came out, everybody was saying, oh, it was such a great... All the Kiss fans, the Kiss uh, sycophants, said that was a great... And that album blows ass. Well, don't you think that we're all sycophants when the album no. first comes out? Like, no, you go I to the store... Psycho Circus the first time I heard it. So. Yeah, yeah, but hold on. Listen to me, okay? You have such high hopes as a fan... You go to the store. Well, you're then like, I'd get disappointed if I have the high hopes when. Because yeah, I, that makes you have a stronger reaction when you have high hopes, and then right. it so lets you down so much. Like to get it back to, to get it back to cheap trick. I have high hopes for the new album, but not high expectations. Hmm. Now is that based on the last few albums? Yeah. Well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get, get into, into that, that later. End, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, what was my score for this one? You gave it a zero. zero. And it really hurts to do that, by the way. It really seriously hurts to not give, you know, every song the big thumbs up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've been having some negative reactions, but you know, this is a better album than any Foo Fighters album or whatever yeah, you want to say. Yeah, so I mean. Yeah, it's still good. It's still better than Psycho Circus, isn't it? Way better than Psycho Circus, yeah. So I mean, but just some of these songs, <clears throat> they just annoy me. Like Best Friend, kind of an, is really annoying. 
you know, you're listening to, and it just goes on and on, and nothing right. changes. It makes four minutes and 17 seconds seem like 11 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we get, I get it. It was a funny yeah. joke, Ken. <laughs> Our next track, track number nine, If I Could. I give this one a zero. I don't like anything about this tune, believe it or not. I hate to say it, but I don't like it. Wow. BJ, your thoughts? Well, the production on this song is horrible. Uh, we haven't really it has talked nothing about nothing to do with my opinion of it. <laughs> well, I mean, the rhythm on the verse and stuff—it's it, real. The production is horrendous on this song. I think it has a great hook. The, there, there's a lot of potential here. Um, really good hook on the chorus for me, but you know what is going on with that production we haven't really talked about the production on this record the guy chris shaw that did a lot of it um you know he did some really cool stuff i like the guitar tones on this album yeah there, yeah there's some really good production on this album too but it sometimes it feels like a hodgepodge i mean there's a it seems like there's too many cooks in the kitchen on some of this but uh well, this song just sticks out the way it sounds. It's it doesn't weird. sound like a cheap trick song. Right. Yeah, I, I would give it a half because I do really think there's a good melody there on the chorus. But, you know, it's hard to listen to this song because they really fucked it up. I just um, think it's dull. Yeah, well, it's just... I, I do like the melody there, and but... The lyrically, if I could, you know, yeah. I would, if, yeah. Let's put zero effort into those lyrics. What I choose, what I ooze. What I bet, win or lose. Yeah, scat singing. He's scatting this, and he just said, fuck it, I'll just keep what I got, what I've scatted. Mm. It's very scatty. Yeah. <laughs> In more ways. All right, go ahead. What is your opinion, Ken? Uh, what's the lowest rating? Zero? <laughs> give yeah. it a, you can't give it a negative. <laughs> okay. I hate to say it, but zero. Okay, there you go. Now the the second, the next two songs, they kind of count as one song to me. Okay. Well, let's review them as one song then. Low Life and High Heels, written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Tom Peterson. We'll play a little bit of that now.
Wilson, Robin Zander, and Tom Peterson. We'll play a bit of that now. It's interesting that you say that it's like two two tracks in in, in one. Remember that old commercial? Two two tracks. In yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like that for me as well. And I hate to well, say, well, it's the it, same song re- remade. Yeah. And this is where I bail on the album. Wow. Okay, you give it a zero, huh? Uh, both of them. <laughs> yes, double double zeros. See, Who you to want me, to go next? To to me, this is this is the problem with this album, is that the ending it just seems to go nowhere. Like if they would have ended side two with special one, and gotten rid of the Hummer thing, which is just ridiculous and not even worthy oh. of a B, wow, a, a B side track. It, it's just horrible. I'm sorry, and I know and that there. I know that it has its fans. I apologize to you right now, but this is what the show's about, is having opinions. Let us know your thoughts about Hummer. If you love it, let us know why. Tell us on that Facebook page. BJ, your thoughts on track 10 and 11, Low Life and High Heels and Slash Hummer. Well, the last song on this album is If I Could, because these aren't songs. And also now in the you know if you remember in the era of the CD, uh, now what should have happened on this album is if I could when it ended, it should have kept playing. The if I could track should have been like eight minutes long. So when the song ended, the track would have kept playing for like thirty seconds, and then you would have had this hidden track of this bullshit tacked on to the end. Instead, they made it two more tracks on the album. So you give it a zero. Oh, for sure. You guys, okay, can I have can I go now? Yeah. Michael Not Butler. only is this my favorite song on the album, it's possibly my favorite cheap trick song of all time. It's not even a song. If they played this live, I would be panty creaming all up and down the aisles. I fucking love 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 this tune everything about this tune i love i love the fact that they call it hummer and robin is humming through it it's fucking great i love the <laughs> taking a drag of a cigarette before he starts singing great guitar ow ow ow, ow. fan effing tastic this you guys are wrong anybody who says this song sucks is absolutely wrong listen to this song both of these together headphones cranked up this song is a masterpiece there i said it <laughs> also i believe fantastic this was, man this song i believe is this great. was on those demos those 96 demos i believe this was already on that come on so take a good look Fantastic! Everything about this song is great. Kudos to Cheap Trick for for having the balls to write this song, even though it might be a jam or whatever. Kudos to them for doing it. Please, if you have yeah, not anybody, a lot of writing went into it. Anybody in Cheap Trick or the Cheap Trick camp who just might happen to stumble upon this this podcast and listen, if you happen to listen to the end, I'm begging you. 
whenever you come to the Bay Area, please, please, please play this song live. I will be jumping up and down in my seats because I love this tune. Listen to Rick Nielsen's guitar at the end of Hummer. It's fantastic. Ow, 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 ow. I would have had to make it to the end. I probably never did. <laughs> Listen to it again. You guys are just absolutely I would make wrong. it about 15 seconds. Probably. This is a big plus one for me. I'm sorry. Fantastic. You guys are wrong. And every Cheap Trick fan who doesn't like the song is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong all along. Disagree, but you would be wrong, as they say. Uh-huh. Song's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love this tune. And that's cool. And I'm glad that you love it. And I know that there are people out there who absolutely dig it, and that's great. I just expect so much more, and you know, maybe that's a weakness on my part, but uh, it just it just didn't get it for me. Get okay, so tally him up here at the for this. So Ken Ken Mills out of ten songs tallied up. Ken gives it a six out of ten. Hey, that's pretty good. That's a pretty see if you think about that. That's kind of an unscientific but extremely scientific scoring system because overall, you, that's about what you, what you would give it. Right. BJ, you give it a one, two, three, four, four and a half out of ten. So BJ's is four and a half. Hmm. And that's probably about what he thinks of the album. Yeah. I give it a one, two, three, four, five, six and a half, seven and a half out of ten. That's about right. Yeah. There you go. So BJ gives it a four and a half out of ten. Ken Mills gives it a six out of ten, and I give it a seven and a half out of ten. There you go. Sounds about right. Now, there was a Japanese version of this, and it had a twelfth track, which was a special one sung with Japanese lyrics. (laughs) I want to hear that because I've never heard it. Who's singing in Japanese? Who's Robin. was it? Robin singing Japanese? Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast just so I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs>
my copy of the CD also came with a DVD. Yeah. Which had some videos on it. Yeah, older videos. But I popped that in last night, and the "Say Goodbye" video is on there, and I was just watching that and thinking. I oh, mean, yeah. compare that song to anything on this record, and <laughs> I think that's the problem with this album is "Say Goodbye" is such an amazing well-written song and just nothing on this record approaches even comes close to the quality of that to, to me so how the hell was that not a number one song right yeah, it's very easy for me. anyone who's listening to this show that doesn't like that song a big fuck you right there you go hey cheap trick fans if you happen to be on the facebook or whatever uh do you agree more with bj that it's a four and a half or with ken that it's a six or are you the authority on Cheap Trick and the true Cheap Trick fan, and like me, give it a seven and a half. Uh, most people are going to disagree with me, I'm sure. They're probably going to disagree with me, I would say. I know Best Friend is a much-loved song for some unknown huh. reason. but I'm never, I never go on the Cheap Trick forums, of the, uh, you know, on the CheapTrick.com forums, right. so I, I don't Nobody keep should. up with what the fans are doing. It's a horrible so let me ask you guys, of all of the last four Cheap Trick albums, uh, Cheap Trick 97, Special One, Rockford, and the latest, in order of worst to best, of number four being the least favorite and number one being the most favorite, what do you rate, how do you rate these last four, latest Rockford, Special One, and Cheap Trick? <sighs> oh, brother. Um... The worst is special one. Okay. From 2003. Uh-huh. Second worst or, or third best is how I'll choose to look this at is, it. This is where I'm torn. Because both the albums have really great high parts and some bad low parts. So... <clears throat> oh, brother... I'm looking at the track listings right now just to kind of uh, I'm going to go with Rockford then the latest and Cheap Trick 1997 so Cheap Trick 97 is my number one the latest number two Rockford number three and special one at four okay BJ yeah it's pretty easy for me special one worst then the latest 97 and Rockford for sure it's my favorite Rockford is your favorite of all those. Yeah, I right. love Rockford. You, guys, you should put a there's put a, a couple of there's a couple of clunkers on Rockford, but there's so <laughs> many amazing songs in there that I love. I really love most of that album. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. A lot of my voting on that really came down to the track "Sick Man of Europe." God, I just love the the intensity and the energy in that track. Okay, that's why I. That's why. The latest is my, on the bottom for me mm. because of Six Man, Six Man of Europe. I, I think um, it's. I think it was a um, lazy move to put that on the album, in my opinion. Wow! And I don't like hearing them play that live. I'm tired of hearing that song live. I don't think it's that great of a tune. It's all. Right, it's a good tune, but I don't think it's that great. So my my order, latest at the bottom, it's a special one in Rockford. Go well. I guess Special One is not as good as Rockford. I love Rockford, so that would be my second favorite. So it would be number four, latest, number three, Special One by a small margin, then Rockford, then Cheap Trick, uh, 97, the above Rockford, very barely. So we're on like a three-hour drive 
this is what we'll, we'll listen to, guys. But All let me just say, there is a huge gap for me between special one and the latest. And then, you know, the latest I, 97 Rockford are all kind of... I mean, I think the latest is a great record. I would also say Sick Man of Europe is one of the worst songs on there for me. But, uh, you know, the latest... I guess there's a pretty wide gap, too, between that and 97 and Rockford. But I think the latest is way better than special one. So, does it? Is it the uh, is the Pepsi song on the latest or Rockford? Uh, that's on the latest. Yeah, that's another reason I don't like the latest as much. It's too, they just took they went the easy. They just rehashed. They just, there was a lot of recycling. Out of, yeah. yeah, out of material. Well, don't you think that that's symbolic of? Special I think one special is one is good because they they made the actual effort and 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 did an album, not they didn't throw in any just stuff commercials. You know, BJ, you mentioned that bonus DVD. I guess we should run over that now. Uh, I can't imagine a person not having that version. You can get this album so cheap, uh, this this CD so cheap anymore, and it's I can't imagine anyone not getting that version. Uh, there were five videos on it. Say Goodbye from the 1997 album. Hot Love from the Music for Hangovers DVD. Hard to Tell from the Silver DVD. Woke Up with a Monster from Woke Up with a Monster. And He's a Whore from Cheap Tricks 1977 album. I wish they would have put all those 1977 videos on there. That would have been great. Yeah, I think the DVD thing was just kind of a fad to try to figure yeah, out a way to get people to buy CDs at the time, and it was cheap enough yeah. to stick it in there, and then they very, could just put a sticker on there that says, comes with free DVD, and just hoping they could... Very get, you know, indicative of the times. Yeah. Back then. A lot of bands did that. Yeah. Yeah. So, overall... What about the cover art? Oh, don't... Uh, <laughs> good Lord. Um, not good. Not good. It's their Picasso. Yeah. Whatever you call it. No, they're Pollock. They're Jackson Pollock. It looks that's like, another thing that's so great about Rockford. I love the. It looks like the yeah, whole package yeah, that album too. Great. This actually so looks great. like uh, you know the. It reminds me of the cover of Load and Reload. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except done with vector art. I don't have a problem with the cover. I'll tell you what, the cover I want is that little postage side stamp thing that's in the right corner of the bottom right. Yeah. with the picture of the band. That's yeah. the cover. Give me that as the cover. I, bands really need to pay attention, even today, how important cover art is. I know that we live in the age of MP3 art, but still, if you're going to associate your music visually with something it should be something cool and something that represents you i don't know how uh you know jizz like splotches of color really represent this band i i i disagree i think like i said i think it's their jackson pollock and it's kind of this album is kind of their jackson pollock album is that his name jackson i'm not an art aficionado so well you know I, Cheap Trick really crushed it in 97. They they did an amazing, they put on an amazing record, put a lot of work into it, and then the record label went belly up, and it was just, you know, it must have been such a huge disappointment for them. Right. And then five years later, this record just kind of seems thrown together, and I guess they still hadn't really recovered from just how their career tanked there. You know, they went to 
they had woke up with a monster on their new deal and that fell apart and then the 97 out you know they just there were a lot of disappointments and uh this record i mean they really pulled it together on rockford but this doesn't seem like a lot of effort went into this album to me including the cover they probably had nothing to do with the album cover to be honest with you probably not yeah, but yeah, I mean, they they pretty much put this out themselves, though. Big three is that? A, yeah, oh, that's their management company, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. It it, it just the, the cover sucks. Like I said, give me that picture of the band. That should have been the cover. You could have done everything. Even that splotchy stuff could have been on the back. All right, members of Cheap Trick, Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, if you're having to be listening to this, just remember, Michael Butler likes the album, and the other two guys don't. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Michael. Throwing us <laughs> hey, I said bus. it's better than any Foo Fighters album. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you know, they're than, the kings of the fucking rock now. So. It's better than the song that Rick played on that last Foo Fighters thing. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. What an overrated album that is. It's terrible. All right, you guys, I apologize, but I have to go. No worries, brother. No problem. Thanks a lot for for coming on. We want to thank you for being on the show again with us, Michael. We would love to have you on every episode, and hopefully things will work out because we definitely want to work on the Cheap Trick albums we want to do. Roundtables for... I appreciate you guys having me on. It's an honor to be on, and I um, can't wait to be on again. I hope you ask me back, because I am honored to be on this fabulous podcast. Well, anytime probably, you're yeah. on, it's it's a good show. We definitely want to have you back for Rockford, the latest, yeah, the doctor. And we also want you and BJ to do the first and second album. We I really want to hear what you guys have to say about those two. All right. Didn't you guys do those first two albums already? Well, BJ wasn't part of the show at okay. that point. All right. So I right. I think we need to do those anyway. And uh, Sounds good. It'll be a blast. Let me know. Okay. Well, Michael, thank you for being on the show, and we will see you on the next episode of Cheap Talk. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Right. Bye, Michael. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And that's our show. Trick Chat is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep cheap trickin'.